The following is a sermon from the Edgington Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Taylor Ridge, Illinois. And now I'd like to invite you to open the scriptures with me to the book of Psalms. We are, during this period of quarantine worship, using the Psalms, especially the Psalms of Ascent, to be a focus of our prayer and study and worship uh, as we worship from our homes. And that's because the Psalms of Ascent, which you'll find in the middle of your Bible in the book of Psalms, the, the Psalms of Ascent are a group of Psalms running from Psalm 120 to 134, which was a collection of songs that worshipers would use as they traveled up, ascending to the higher elevation of Jerusalem to go and worship the Lord in the temple that was there in Jerusalem. They were songs to be sung on the way to worship. And uh, we are worshiping together, but a little bit differently. And so I thought it would be wonderful for us to use these songs that the church has used throughout the generations to stir our hearts with both affection and love for God, but also a hunger and a zeal to worship him together with his people during this season when that looks a little bit different. And we've been doing that the last several weeks now. Last week, we looked at Psalm 121, and before that, Psalm 120. And this morning, we come to 122. But I hope you'll notice that there's a bit of a trend that's happening. In Psalm 120, the psalmist was in a foreign land, and he was looking outward with longing to go back to Jerusalem and to go back and praise the Lord at the temple. He wasn't where he wanted to be, and Psalm 120 expresses the longing of his heart to go and worship. But then Psalm 121 reflects the heart of the worshiper as he's on the way to go where he wants to go. And on the way, even in the midst of trials, he confesses the hope that he has in the Lord as he continues to set his face steadfastly toward Jerusalem so that he could go and worship his God. So Psalm 120, he was where he didn't want to be. In Psalm 121, he was on the way to where he wanted to go. And this morning in Psalm 122, we find the psalmist entering the gates making his way into Jerusalem where he has so longed to go, where he has now journeyed, where he finds himself and he rejoices in Jerusalem to give praise and worship to God. And so if you've got your Bible open, and I hope that you do, let's pray and ask God's blessing upon his word and we will then hear it together. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, you who have existed from eternity who created this world out of nothing by simply speaking it into existence by the authority of your word, you also give to us the scriptures, that written and special revelation, which is also the authority of your word. Lord, we can look at creation and know that you exist, but we must look to the scriptures to know you as our redeemer and as our God. And so, Father, I pray that you would, by your Spirit, so lead us this morning, that you would bring us to your Scriptures in Psalm 122, and that your Spirit, which moved the psalmist to record these words, might rest upon our hearts, give illumination to our minds that we might understand, that we might receive, that we might believe, and that by your strength 
we might apply this truth to our hearts today. And so, Lord, speak to us in the power of your word, for your servants are longing and ready to hear. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And now hear God's word from Psalm 122. Let us go to the house of the Lord, a song of ascent of David. This is the word of God. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up. The tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. And so let us continue to give our attention to Psalm 122. And I hope you'll keep your Bible open as we look at this together, this great Psalm of Ascent. And what I want us to do this morning is I want to take this song, this psalm of ascent, and I want us to imagine singing these words at three different points of history. And I think this is a really helpful way to read the book of Psalms, to understand how these words might be used in various points of history. And so the three points of history that I want us to consider what this song sounds like is, first of all, in the days of the Old Testament, when these words were originally written by divine inspiration, to understand how an old covenant worshiper on the way to Jerusalem would have used these words. That's the first place. But then secondly, I want us to try and understand how we as the church living in the era of the new covenant, can use these words to sing praise to God. So first of all, in the days of the Old Testament, and then secondly, in the era of the church, which is now. And then third, I want us to imagine what it's like to sing these words in the day of eternity, in the glory of the new heavens and the new earth, a day which none of us has arrived at yet. So we'll be looking in the past, in the present, and in the future at how we sing Psalm 122 together. So first of all, let's think about what this looked like originally when the psalm was first written in the days of the Old Testament. Imagine for a moment that there is only one church in all the world. Imagine that there is only one place where you could go to hear the scriptures only one place where you could go and worship with the people of God, only one place in all the earth where you could go and receive the blessings of the sacraments and the assurance of the forgiveness of your sins. That might be hard for us to imagine today, but when this psalm was first written, that was the case. Because the only church, if we could use that word at this time, the only church that existed was in Jerusalem. 
and it was in the temple. And that was the only place where Jewish worshipers could go and worship together with the people of God and experience all of these things. And that temple was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the center city of the Old Testament. Uh, Jerusalem as a city is first mentioned in Genesis 14 as it's called the city of peace, the city where Melchizedek is king. But it was later during the time of the Old Testament under King David when Jerusalem became such a city of prominence where David brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And if you want to read about that later on, you can find that in 2 Samuel 6 and 1 Chronicles 15 where David brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And then David's son Solomon built a great golden temple in Jerusalem, and it was there that the worship of God was concentrated for the people of God. So, because that was the only place, imagine the anticipation as you look again at verse 1. As the psalmist says, filled with anticipation, I was glad. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And that was only one place in all the earth. Jerusalem, the city of God, where God dwelt. And if you wanted to meet with God, you had to go there. And that's where God's presence was and the people of God could go there. Notice the things that he's glad about as he goes to worship the Lord. In verses 3 through 4, this is the place where all the tribes go up to give thanks to the Lord. Verse 3 says Jerusalem is a city that's bound firmly together and it is that city, verse 4, which all the tribes go up to give thanks to the Lord. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know that Israel as a people was divided up into 12 different tribes back at the end of the book of Genesis and those 12 different tribes lived in different regions around Israel. But wherever they lived, they all traveled to Jerusalem, the center city, to go and worship together. So you can imagine then, being a young child, making your first journey to Jerusalem, your first visit to the big city, you've heard of it, and now you're standing within its gates. Verse 2, our feet have been standing in your gates, O Jerusalem, and now you see it with your own eyes. And as you go through the gates, there's people milling about all over as you draw closer to the temple. And you're hearing different voices of different people from different tribes. And they have different accents. They might look a little different than you. They might speak a little differently than you. But they're all the people of Israel from different places. They're the coast dwellers of the tribe of Zebulun. They're from the tribe of Dan who live in the highlands. They're the farmers of the tribe of Ephraim. It's the people of Reuben who lived in the desert regions. They're all there from all their different tribes, but one people worshiping the one true and living God, Yahweh, the God of the covenant. And the psalmist is praising God for this reality, that in the diversity of Israel, there is a unity of the people of God coming in worship. Notice another praise in verse 5. In verse 5, thrones for judgment were set in Jerusalem thrones of the house of David. And because Jerusalem was the center city, it was also the center city of the monarchy of Israel, where the king would reign, the king of Israel. There, through the earthly king, God's judgments would make everything right. That was where righteousness was enthroned. 
where through the reign of David and the covenant lineage of kings, righteousness is exalted and there is peace. This is the city where the king reigned. And it's especially wonderful that on a Palm Sunday, where we remember that it is this city that the Lord Jesus rode into, a city which for many, many years had not had a king, had not experienced the peace and righteousness of an enthroned leader, and Jesus entered that city where the people of God could see the coming of their hopes of a one true and final king of David, the Lord Jesus. So you see the psalmist's concern. He loves the city. He loves all the diversity of the tribe. He loves the thrones of David and the rule of the king. But then also notice that he has a great concern for Jerusalem as well. He prays in verses 6 through 9 for the peace and prosperity of Jerusalem. And he calls for all people to pray for this great city. Because Jerusalem represented all of these things. It was so important to the people of God. Again, there the glory of God's presence. There the place of righteousness and peace through the reign of kings. But as we read the story of the Old Testament, we know that the city of Jerusalem, that earthly city, rarely fulfilled everything that it was supposed to be. It rarely fulfilled those longings to the people of God, which is why there was great concern for prayer Prayer for peace because not every king was faithful. And not all the people were always going to the temple to worship in sincerity. And so there is a need to pray. The struggle in Jerusalem is seen throughout the Old Testament story as the city itself is overthrown, as the people are sent into exile. At the close of the Old Testament, there's a longing for when will a ruler come? When will the Messiah come? And in the opening page of the New Testament, that same city of Jerusalem is occupied by Roman authority. Jerusalem, that great city, was not everything that it was supposed to be, which is supposed to tell us that there's something more, that there's a deeper longing and a deeper meaning that we must look to. And so that's how the old covenant worshiper would look at Psalm 122. But what about us? What about the church? What about the glory of living on this side of the resurrection helps us understand these words? The psalmist in 122 is longing for God's presence and you and I share that longing. But since we live on the other side of the cross and the resurrection and the ascension, it means that God's presence is not confined to one Middle Eastern city. God's presence is not just in Jerusalem because we don't go to that earthly temple to worship. And so, when the Old Testament speaks of the praise of Jerusalem, it's where the saints of God gather for worship, and it's also true then that Jerusalem, for you and I, as New Covenant Christian believers, for us, as New Covenant believers, Jerusalem, spiritual Jerusalem, is the gathering place of the people of God, and therefore, it's the church. Psalm 122 leads us as new covenant believers in praise of the glory of spiritual Jerusalem, the church. And God's presence is a reality among us as we gather together. So do you see that? 
Do you see how you can look at this psalm and see how just as the psalmist prays, praises the diversity of, of Jerusalem in all of the tribes, that you and I, the body of Christ, are made up of all those for whom Christ has died. Those who have already gone before us into glory and those who with us now share the same confession of our hope. And so how should we read this psalm? The psalmist is saying, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so I want to ask you, do you share that sense of delight? Do you share that sense of longing and joy and zeal for the gathering of God's people? Can you say with the psalmist in verse 1, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Do you feel the gladness and delight of the memory of joining together? Personally, I've been thinking, I can't wait for the day when you and I will be back together in this sanctuary. I can't wait for the day when you will come into this place. I will be so glad. And I hope that you will be glad and say with the psalmist, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. One of these days I'm going to issue an announcement and the session is going to say, come back. Come back and lift your voices. And I hope you'll be glad. In the words of verse 2, I hope you will come within the gates of this spiritual Jerusalem, this sanctuary And hear the creaking of the pews. Hear the rustling of Bible pages turning as the people of God go to those ancient words which God has given to us. See the sunlight casting down out of the beautiful stained glass windows and hear your voices lifting praise to the triune God. And we'll say we're glad that we've come to the house of the Lord. So consider then the delights the delights of the psalmist in 122 are our delights as well. In verses 3 through 4, we are not members of the tribe of Israel, but just like in Israel, there is a diversity among us. We come from different places. Some of us have lived here our entire lives, other people are newer. Some of us are members for generations, others are newer members. But there is diversity among us, but in the diversity, there's unity. Because of regardless of who we are, regardless of where we come from, regardless of how many years we've been a part of this church, we are a part of this church through sharing the confession of our hope. We have these distinctive qualities and attributes, and that's the glory of the church, that we're different, that there's different parts of the body, but all those different parts are part of one body. There's unity in our diversity. No matter where we come from, we share the same hope, we share the same faith. And it is the faith that we see in verse 5 that the house and lineage of David is ultimately about the reign of Jesus Christ, the final fulfillment of the Davidic kingship. All the kings in the line of David were pointing forward to the fact that one final king would come, and it was the king who rode into Jerusalem on that day of triumphal entry. And as the people praised this coming king, They would have never imagined that the kingdom that he was coming to begin, the kingdom that he was coming to set forth through his death and resurrection is a kingdom that would include not just people of Israel, but the Gentiles spreading around all over the earth, even places like Edgington, Illinois. That Jesus Christ 
comes into Jerusalem in his triumphal entry to declare his reign. And that reign will be manifested in just a few days from that day when he is crucified, buried, and resurrected, and then ascended to be king of all. Your family and mine is under that reign. We are under the reign of the King of Jesus Christ. Together we are under his lordship. He is our king. He reigns over us. And because that's true, we share the same sense of the psalmist in verse 9. The psalmist says, For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. What is the house of the Lord our God? It's the church. Do you love the church? Do you seek its good? The psalmist delights in the joy of being counted among the people of God, of being under the reign of the king, and makes this resolution in verse 9 that he will give himself to the kingdom of God. Now, in the immediate sense, in Psalm 122, he's speaking about earthly Jerusalem, but we know in this new covenant sense, to give oneself to the house of the Lord is to seek the good of the church, to serve the church, to participate with the church. And as I think about that, I recall the words of this poem that I read at our most recent annual meeting, this very last section that says, my church calls me to her heart. She asks my service and my loyalty, and she has a right to ask it. I will help her to do for others what she has done for me. In this place in which I live, I will help keep aflame and aloft the torch of a living faith. We must seek the good of the house of the Lord. And we sing Psalm 122 as new covenant believers. But then finally, in the ultimate sense, how can we sing the words of Psalm 122 in the glories of eternity? As we're thinking about that, as we're thinking about the glory of Jerusalem, as we're thinking about the glory of the presence of God, I would invite you to, to turn forward into Revelation 21. Because you and I, right now, we don't live in the fullness of the reality that Psalm 122 is anticipating and anticipates even still today, which is the worship in the presence of the fullness of the glory of God in Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. We long for the coming of this new Jerusalem and the new creation when God will eternally dwell with us and we will be in his presence forever. We're not looking to some earthly Jerusalem. And even the earthly church calls forward the reality that there's a greater reality still. And it's what John describes here in Revelation 21. Hear these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death 
shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And if you go further on into that chapter, you can read about in verses 9 through 14 the details of the glory of that city. As the psalmist said, We are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. The Apostle John, through the revelation of the Spirit of God, allows us in our minds to, as it were, stand in the gates of that heavenly city and see its glory and see its beauty and anticipate the wonders of what will be on that day. As John continues to say, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty And the Lamb, that earthly temple has gone away because Jesus Christ himself is present. John continues to write in verse 23, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there, and they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. You see the diversity of the world, the diversity of all nations, of all kingdoms, of all people coming to bow down to the glory of the one true and everlasting King, the Lord Jesus. Every tribe coming with zeal for the glory of Zion where you, child of God, will walk beside the king. And so, dear friends, as we consider the longing to go and worship as the saints of the Old Testament did, as we have that longing to go to the church, but as we anticipate the fullness of the glory of the future Zion, hear this word of encouragement and exhortation to you, and it's simply this. Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads in faith and in trust that the Lord Jesus reigns and is exalted as King of kings and Lord of lords. Heaven's throne is occupied and he rules over all things. And one day, one day, heaven and earth will be joined together into one. But until that day comes, we still declare Christ is King. We are under his reign What this psalm anticipated, this which we believe by faith, and one day we will experience by sight. People of God, behold your King in the glories of his reign and the beauty of being gathered together to worship him in Jerusalem, in the church, and in the heavenlies of Zion. May he bless you today with the comfort of knowing yourself among the people of God, all you who have received and rested upon Jesus Christ as he has offered in the gospel. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord God, how we do thank you that we are a part of a long lineage of faithfulness and a long history of your people which have looked to you for hope and faith and trust. From the days of Abraham, 
when you first called him to believe and to go to a place which you would call him to all the generations of Israel that traveled singing psalms of ascents, going to the temple in Jerusalem to worship you. From the days when the Lord Jesus died and was raised in power and the curtain of the temple is torn in two and we now have access, no longer needing to come to an earthly temple, but we have access through your spirit. Lord God, we find ourselves in this generation of people, in this long lineage of those who call you our God. And so, Lord God, reign over us and give us your peace that we, being your people, are protected by your great power and under the benevolence of your lordship. And so, Father, grant peace to your people today. We pray in the strong name of Jesus, our King, we ask. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If you would like more information about our church or its ministries, please visit edgingtonepc.org. May God bless and keep you.